Welcome to Intrepid Heroes, a Starfinder actual play podcast of the Dawn of Flame adventure path from Paizo. I'm John, and I'm your GM today. I'm Scott. I'm playing Rez, the Skittermander Envoy. I'm Mark. I'm playing Julakashti, a Vesk soldier. I'm Rob. I'm playing Whiskey, a Yusoki mystic. I'm Stephanie. I'm playing a Lashunta Solarian named Koholo. And I am Ron. I am playing Scooch, a Yusoki operative. All right. Welcome to Intrepid Heroes. Stay tuned for the episode. All right. And we are back for all this fun stuff. Um, so as you may recall, you had found a saboteur, actually, uh, previously, and uh, figured out that um, his uh, twin brother was actually on uh uh, Kanalal already um, you would have gone in and received a message directing you to some different landing coordinates and uh, when you landed you were accosted by a large creature of some sort do you remember what that was? yeah you, you yes it was a, a fiery Nishorla, um, which was large and fiery and purple. No, it's not. <laughs> There's too many, too many S's in this thing. Um, yeah, so he was very, very challenging. I seem to recall that uh, yes, he, he put up quite a fight there. And uh, immediately after you were able uh, to dispatch him, then a group of um, Azers kind of attacked one of them was a sniper and a couple others were more like foot soldier types and uh they were were kind of uh, battling you they seemed part of the occupying force here uh in this particular dome and just as you were uh defeating them a couple were trying to run off and then these strange creatures showed up with uh, uh kind of triangular shaped heads um one of them was uh, Zyphor, uh, and they kind of talked to you about um, who they were, and um, we're glad that you received their message, and they apologized for arriving so late, but they were very impressed with your prowess, especially on, on dispatching the fiery uh, um saying, you know, that uh, obviously you were very very powerful folks and um from there he was going to bring you back to their main base and so they have a vehicle that's a little ways off from the kind of the landing site um one uh, one of the things they want to do though first is get some assistance from you in uh repairing one of the hangars uh, and I think you started cleaning that up last time. Yeah, so we could park our ship. Yeah, so um, so Whiskey was uh, taking care of some of the engineering there, and they were going to um, go ahead and park your ship there. And then you notice um, after it, it's parked in there, they start setting up these devices around it. They kind of surround the whole ship with these electronic devices, and when they activate them, they have some sort of handheld um, pad they're fiddling with and you see that each of these devices actually displays like a, a holographic image onto the sun diver so that it changes its appearance so it looks much more like um, that crash shuttle that was outside though it's not crashed it's kind of that same design so very similar to the uh, breath of embers type of angles and colors and things so basically um, they're trying to hide the sun diver in plain sight. Uh, one of the things that's um, uh, of note here is that there's there's a um, kind of a rooftop that opens on this particular uh, landing bay, and it's uh, real, it's like transparent metal. So it looks like they're trying to hide it from anybody flying over, so they don't see anything unusual. It's in drag. Yes, very much so. <laughs> that seems really smart, actually. And I wonder whether or not we couldn't market some sort of hiding 
camouflage cloaking thing like this generally. I wonder why nobody's thought of this before. Yes. Uh-huh. Ooh, that should be in the Starship Operations Manual, but it's not. <laughs> oh, man. Good call. I, I think our problem has mainly been Mars uh, internal sabotage and external anything. Well, so far, yeah. And they yeah. also set up these other units, um, which if Whiskey or anybody else wants to make an engineering check to look at, or actually it might even be a, a mysticism check. I, I think these that. are hybrid units. I can do, uh, yeah, I can do either do of those, engineering. just not nearly as yeah. well as some others. Yeah. Uh, oh, I, Whiskey I did poorly. has a good handle on it. Uh, Raz? Yeah. Seems, yeah, Jill Kashi, you're you're not quite sure what the this large unit that they're kind of attaching here to it is. I'm, I'm a little bit um, distracted we, by my gaping wounds. <laughs> yes, you're, you're, no, it's you not know, a grenade. That happens. Actually, he probably assumes it's some kind of a self-destruct thing. That's yeah. some kind of what? Self-destruct. It's some kind of destructive. Like it'll uh, blow up, well, so nobody can see. Nobody can get take it yeah he might think it is uh scooch uh, you can kind of tell as well um this appears to be what's known as an uh, and antipathy unit uh it's a large oh. design device designed to telepathically repel re- intruders with a mind affecting compulsion so when it's activated, the unit broadcasts a, a signal that most beings find subtly um, repulsive without being able to discern why the repulsion is occurring. Uh, oh. The field affects uh, with a radius of about 100 feet. Um, and upon entering the field, the creature feels this urge to leave. <laughs> I often get this feeling yeah. at parties. Yeah, you know, it seems like a portable unit like this could be half, uh, useful too. That's that actually very handy. Yeah, they've got all the, they got all the neat toys. Field. Yeah, so you Next can kind thing of tell. To somebody else's problem field. Yes. Very <laughs> much so. Um, yeah, so that it's, sounds valuable too. It, so it's kind of interesting yeah, that they have right. all this equipment for for kind of hiding things. It's all, you know, relatively high tech, but you notice it's kind of a hybrid between uh, magical and uh, technological though. So it has components of both and you would take a little bit more time to kind of study the design, but uh, clearly this is very, very valuable here. Very valuable. Also makes me wonder what else they're hiding. (laughs) Yeah. They're sort of professional hiders of stuff. Well, they are. Um, well, if uh, any the of you next time want... we feel like we don't want to go somewhere, we should go there. Yes, that's where the good stuff is. <laughs> ah, exactly. You got a bad uh, feeling about this. You got a bad feel. Oh, we gotta go. We gotta go. Right. That's where we should go. That's where the good stuff is. <laughs> so now, so now you. Gym, um, I don't want them to go here. Oh, you're really excited to go to this spot. Oh, we better not go. <laughs> no, we changed our mind. Yeah. Turns out they usually just use them for manhole covers, open manhole covers, so people don't fall in them. Yeah. All right. So um, after they do that, then they kind of head over to this area here, um, uh-huh. and you see that this is a garage that contains several sleek silvery vehicles marked with a symmetrical eight-pointed star that glows with white light. One is a large transport, while the others are smaller vehicles that seem to be fit for various uses. So, they, you know, basically it looks like a uh, a mini bus and a whole bunch of like little hover cycle kind of things. Ooh! Wow! Hey, uh, what does this symbol mean? Oh, that symbol. Uh, so Zyphor kind of mentions that. That's. That's what the occupiers use to to signify uh, where they they they're coming from. Hmm. Yeah, that that is the symbol of the the occupiers. So. Um, okay. So these these are 
uh, taken from them then? Well, this... this you, you captured these? No, no, this... We're capturing them now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> right this, idea, wrong test. <laughs> yes, this, this, uh, this here was a, a, an occupant. Uh, one of the occupation um, kind of landing sites. So they would land their shuttles here and then uh, take their crews and send them off. And obviously that last shuttle didn't, didn't quite make it. And chances are they're, they're probably going to just abandon this one at this point, thinking it's too far damaged. And of course, you know, why would they think anybody would come to repair it and stash something in it? Um, and so we'll just go ahead and abscond with, with these vehicles um, okay. Notice none of them have wheels. Um, These guys are really good rebels. I mean, they got the whole being a rebel thing all worked out. They got vehicles they can they can hide vehicles they don't like, vehicles they want to use, or ones that they put in. They've got the occupier signatures signifiers on them. It's good stuff. How do you keep your allies from shooting you down, though? Oh, uh, well, so it just so happens that yeah, um, that's so good after all. we're all telepathic. In fact, he's talking to you telepathically. That's right. Yes. So. But, but can you out telepathize a long range missile? Oh, well, now that they have the, the dampeners, it's kind of, yeah, we can't do anything that far and we can't talk to machines. That's what you're asking. Uh, however, these uh, these particular vehicles require telepathic control, uh, and they have biometric starters, and so they will actually uh, go in and um, start working on them. And so, actually, I think these vehicles might have been uh, left over from from the folks that were here before. I apologize; I don't think they were part of the uh, occupation. Right, because I don't, they, they didn't get the sense that the occupiers yeah. were telepathic. No, yeah, it doesn't, um, yeah, so it didn't describe uh, who they're from, but looking at that, looking at that description, it looks like that these are, were clearly some of the Asanoi, how do you know how to say this word? Anasani? Anasanois. Anasani. Oh, yes. Anasanoi. I'm just gonna say A N A S S A N O I S. I'll type it in. I put the way on the end there, as in Illinois. Anasinoid. Anasinoid. Call them anonymous. Maybe it's easier if you could say part part partly psych that if you could say it partly psychically, maybe the word is easier to say. Oh. So we'll just say, which part did we just say? This noi? Sure. Yes. Like the from now on, they're noi. <laughs> we just call them <laughs> Yes, I do. All right. I mean, there is that middle part. I know, but I was just thinking, you know, <laughs> we don't have a rating on this show. So <laughs> I don't want to start one. <laughs> oh. <laughs> anyway. So they, they kind of go in and you notice them fooling around with the systems and um, they it appears that um, these particular uh, anasanoi uh, have biometrics that work on these uh, these particular systems and uh, then they go and open up the uh, double day uh, double doors here at the end of the bay uh, and they will suggest you all ride you and the uh, deep culture institute uh, folks ride in the hover truck and then they will kind of take station around um with several of the vehicles makes sense to me they know where well, we're going we can't control them telepathically. well yeah. we also can't control the vehicles because we're not telepathic well, well some, you could hack the system if you had to well, and uh, Koholo's telepathic. Yes. Yeah, Koholo could. Koholo probably can could. I... But can I... you pilot? Uh, no. Okay. I think we'll go with their plan. 
yeah, that's that's probably good. good so Zyphor will actually be driving the uh, the hover truck here. Oh, so we can ask we can ask telepathic questions while we're traveling. Sure. Well, you can actually you you can just ask, and he can see what you're telepathically. He can tell what you're voicing, even if he doesn't necessarily hear what you're saying per se. Ooh. So uh, Zypher drives along narrow roads um, in a, a mag train trench. Can we, get, can we get a rest while we're doing this? Sure, you can take a ten minute rest. Um, uh, that sounds, you. yeah, that sounds. So cool. he's kind of following a route that seems <laughs> to have like a lot of cover. So like going down these um, old train trenches um, and under like rooftops and things down narrow alleyways. So pretty much um, trying to stay away from where uh, an observing flyover vehicle would notice them. And the other vehicles, the smaller ones kind of shadow uh, his truck on the same road or perhaps on parallel side street. So they kind of branch every off every once in a while. Um, it doesn't look like they're trying to appear as a convoy, trying to look more like individual units. Um, you don't see a lot of other traffic out here. Um, it's pretty clear they're taking a route that they feel pretty confident about. Perhaps they've, um, scouted out the various checkpoints and things of the occupation. Uh, along the way, though, Zyphor is fairly chatty and um, is happy to answer any questions you have. So what's the situation on the ground with the Afrit? Uh, do they have this place sewn up? Clearly not the route we're taking, but... Oh, yes. the uh, they, They've come out here... Um, they've taken a lot of the high ground. So they, they brought in quite a few starships and, uh, then they have a lot of, uh, uh, foot soldiers out there. Um, and we'd had a group of protectors that helped us, but, um, many of them, um, um, were, were cut off and were not able to, um, to work anymore. So, uh, yeah, it's Are they still out there. The protectors. Uh, well, yeah. we have one. Uh, Fifel sleeps a, a dreamless sleep. This strain of crying out for help, uh, which you heard. So this cry into the bright void rendered her spirit dormant. Uh, she stayed awake long enough to to tell us of you, and she yet lives. But we do not know if she will awaken. Um, you can kind of feel kind of grief in his, his thoughts. Uh, it's clear that uh, Zypher cares for uh, Faithful and um, kind of the way a student might care for a dear mentor. Um, so they kind of mentioned that, um, yes, you know, um, these, uh, these creatures here, Oh man, they they've uh they they've attacked and they, they 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 brought a dragon here and so far they have not defeated us and we hope with your help um we can we can beat them back some. Wait, go back. I, I, I thought you I thought you I thought you accidentally said dragon. Yes, yes, a, a great dragon of fire and light named Nesterix commands the forces here. She is mighty, uh, but uh, she serves the Ifrit and their commander, General Kaim. Not to be confused with Scott Kaim. <laughs> who who we will henceforth now call General Kaim. Yes. <laughs> yes, I'd rather be General than specific. So, and you can feel um, kind of Zyphor like shudder mentally as he thinks of this dragon. And, and you see Raz kind of perk up as he's talking about the dragon, because that's kind of his life's yeah. sort of uh, theme. Which is thing. Um, so his eyes kind of glisten, but he's like, oh, they're on the wrong side. But still, I get to see a dragon. That'll be awesome. And Julia, she'll kind of elbow him. Hey, hey, got a dragon, right? What's <laughs> your thing? Yes. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. We'll see. 
So, um, mm-hmm. Nib asks why uh, why they redirected your your uh, spaceship to this alternate landing site. And uh, Zyphor mentions that um, that they sent you the resistance here sent you to this specific site so that uh, the Anasanois could retrieve the vehicles there. The truck would be useful for transporting and extracting uh, you and the, the DC high agents, and it will probably prove useful as well for transporting uh, insurgents uh, throughout. So it's basically mm. a small troop transport of sorts. What about the brother? Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, that's Raz is kind of concerned about the fact that we, we kind of left him in the lurch, and for all we know, they may have executed oh. him. Oh, uh, the brother... Um, mean uh and and he uh Zypho kind of gets a visual image oh one like this one here and kind of points to uh Visu, yes. right yes very much like that one yes yes uh, very old i believe is his name we've we've reports that um there is there is one like this one that is uh captive uh with the with the the occupying forces where where is that is there do you know where this captive is being held? Uh, um, I'll have to collect more information on that and see. It's it's often that they'll move captives around depending on their value. Um, this particular captive, the mere fact that um, they were still alive proves that they do have some value. Um, well, the value was for us or his brother to bring the ship to them in exchange for him. Now that the ship has landed somewhere else, whether they save him as a bargaining ship still, or, I mean, you know, they know that the ship is in the area. Yes, yes, I, I, I see your concern. Hmm. I shall, I shall, I shall collect information on it, and that will be, that, that will be the order of first business. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, that that would be good. Yes, the 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 GM shall create a whole new event just geared towards this NPC that was not supposed to exist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was merely a, a one line throwaway that the writer did not realize was going to have such a main ma- major impact. <laughs> That, that happens all the time. <laughs> it's called a plot hook. Run with it. Yes. No, I, I think that's awesome. Yeah. I got it figured out. Okay. Yes. So. Uh, oh, we just forget about him. Yeah, he's toast. No. So long. Well, he would. He oh, would yep, exactly. Sorry. Ah, what a shame. I'm sure he would, show Sorry he would show up. But, but I think now <laughs> your first mission shall be. In part, to recover him. Okay. Well, good. How else can we help you? Oh well, you know these these attackers here. Um, I think they discovered that uh, we were trying to warn those of you who dwell in the darkness between, and you get an image of outer space accompanying um, this telepathic message. So basically. They consider space as the darkness between inside the sun and other worlds. That's oh, absolutely that's the right way to look at it. Yeah. <laughs> I actually really like that. Now I'm going to tell people I live in the darkness between because that, <laughs> makes, me, that makes me sound more dangerous. Yeah, Edgy. That's a good point. Looking for. Edgy. Edgy, yes. Edgy. Definitely. Yes. Right. Yes. Yes. Our, our, our resistance. There is not enough of us. The The dragon's army is strong, and we have always been a people of peace. I think isolation and the fire and light made us too complacent. The Ifrit showed us our folly, and Zyphor's fear of extinction is apparent in his telepathy. Ooh. Yep, Does anybody happen. know why the Ifrit... Does anyone know what the Afrid are trying to accomplish? What they want here? Oh, oh! Does it matter? 
We, we are not certain as yet. They, Perfectly natural. They appear, they appear to seek conquest and seek to conquest See? not just here, but all of the sun and beyond. Chilicachi's like, that's its own reward right there. That's it. Totally its own reward. Why, would, why else do you want to do it? Well, sometimes conquest comes with a specific goal in mind to help you with other conquests along the way. Sometimes, yes. But, you know. Yes. Doesn't so in, in the past, we've always... Um, have... Yes. Go ahead. I have a question. Uh, are there any medical facilities where we're going? Yes, yes. Oh, Good. we must examine I, I your wounds. physiology. That's <laughs> mm. okay. His tail grows back. Not sulfur base, clearly. No. Uh, uh, carbon, they tell me. Carbon. Uh. Ooh, so like we must burn. Burn it? No, no, no. no. Quite the opposite. No. Please don't burn us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. So you know we've we've always relied on on the capable to protect us. The protectors in their chariots are our guardians. They are wise, just, mm. and strong. Eight there were, but only three remain. Among them, Fafil sleeps. Marin was taken by the invaders. Only Nerolan endures to lead us. Zyphor kind of gets really emotional with the reverence here and then descends into grief and in, in fear. Did, did these eight rule all your people? Oh, they did not rule. They protected us. They, they protected us with their chariots. They sound like great chariots, frankly. Oh, they're chariots of the guardians. Oh, they are almost as if they were chariots of of fire. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Here in the sun, nice. you beat me to it. Okay. And does Marin still live? Yeah, play it in my head. We yep. believe Marin still lives. Yes. But is imprisoned somehow. The invaders, the invaders have her, have them. What form do these chariots take? A chariot is a is a, a vehicle of a protector. The two are bonded. A chariot shapes itself to the will of the protector. Up to four protectors can join their chariots together to form the accord, a conglomerate vessel capable of even greater feats. However, the invaders hindered the link between protectors and their chariots. And now with only three left. And now you kind of have an image of a, of a starship that kind of looks like four smaller pods put together. But with only three of the eight remaining, and it, forms it a seems big they can no longer... Woman accord. Yes, yes. However, so Miriam's uh, chariot is is I I know where that location is. That is that is one thing we will attempt to recover, and maybe there are others we can. And perhaps they could uh, somehow be operated by other than protectors. So, Dilakasha, you're asking. What, what are the protectors like? Yeah, what are the protectors like? What, what form do they have? Are they are they like you? Are they just members of your people, or the the protectors are are? I don't know. <laughs> okay. They're a hot. They're a higher category they're, of creatures. We don't question their form. Mysterious. Yeah, they're very mysterious. Okay. <laughs> yeah, because here's the thing: the um, 
this is something I will have to work on explaining. They so Zypher tries to come up with words to explain the protectors, and they talk about mighty beings, powerful, um, very uh, just, um, very you know, just great stuff about them. But paragons of virtue, pretty much. Yeah, you you kind of think, oh yeah, just like every other Vasco, you know. but <laughs> <laughs> but now the uh, protectors though have been cut off. So when uh, Nysix took the spire at the center of Colonel, uh, she took control of our psychic resonator. So uh, Nystrix, that's the, the dragon. Mm-hmm. Um, so this device we have long used to amplify our telepathy. Somehow the invaders, they, they reversed this amplification, damping telepathy in uh, Colonel. That hindered the protector's control of the chariots so the two could not easily act as one. That is one reason they beat us. And you see an uh, image of the spire in the center of Kalanal, kind of as Zypher mentions this. So can that, we retake the spire go. somehow? Yeah, we'll be trying to reverse someday. what they've done. Yes, that 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 would be our hopes. The uh, this this dragon is very powerful, though. Perhaps do we have to defeat the dragon before we can get to the spire, or would it help us to defeat the dragon if we first took the spire? Oh, yes. I highly suggest going to the end boss first. Can you defeat the dragon? You should do so. <laughs> well, wait, wait, so wait, no, wait. The dragon is at the spire. That that is what I'm asking. Yes. That's my question too. Yes, the dragon has taken the spire. Kind of the, okay. the control place. So and is still there. Ah, uh, yes. We often see the dragon at the spire. Okay. But sometimes it seems to go out to lunch as well. So perhaps when the dragon is out to lunch and the spire is unattended. That is That's totally the best time to try to retake for. the spire, yeah. So all we have to do is get, create a food truck. And park it <laughs> near the spire. And then every day move it a mile further. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But the spire is, is heavily protected. Uh, heavily protected. And, and Nice Ricks is, is typically at the top. There is a, a great observation uh, platform where Nice Ricks tends to to perch, to oversee the occupation. Well, but also makes it kind of easy to see when the dragon is home or not at home, I would think. Yes. Sometimes nice Nicerx has to go for lunch, and it's clear that there's no dragon there. Hmm. Maybe we... Let us know the next time that happens, and maybe we'll go take a look then. Yes, and I suspect that this... This... Being that... Uh, Looks like this one perhaps is still captive, maybe even in the spire. Hmm. In case uh, the PCs okay. have forgotten about this one, you can remind Boop. them at this point. I see. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes, sometimes that one is moved around. But even without the dragon, it sounds like there are still heavily protected. The twin. The twin brother the twin that we were originally yeah. coming to see. Oh, okay. To say that we got diverted from rescuing and now it turned it into this. But what about the guy that we were going to rescue? And now it's a whole thing. <laughs> yes. So, um, Zypher drives the hover truck uh, into the sub-levels of a partially wrecked structure on a heavily foliated boulevard. Despite being underground, the area is brightly lit, seemingly from outside light channeled inside. Zypher and the other NSI 
drivers park the vehicles and lead the party into a narrow, clean access tunnel that runs perpendicular to the street. Visor telepathically indicates this is the maintenance passage for workers to move personnel and materials throughout the city without disrupting daily life. After walking for several minutes, you arrive in a cistern with a secure door on the far side. Zypher moves around the cistern to the door, which has a biometric lock. The lock scans Zypher, and then the doors open. So um, you notice here that um, it doesn't appear that um, there's a lot of folks around here, but Whiskey, if you would like to, or anyone who like to, could attempt an engineering check. Whiskey's just really good at it. Oh, yes, he, he was is, AFK by C's back. Give it a shot. Yeah, I'm back. Mm-hmm. I'll try. And also, since you're back, I, oh. if you yeah, could I throw can a little try, healing my way. Totally... Oh, <laughs> wow. I got 30. A lot of good engineers. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, so, um. Wait, wait, here's oh, mine. Oh, there. Raz is not so good. <laughs> yeah, that's a good Raz. It's not a dragon, so he doesn't care. Uh, so, yeah. there's Koholos that's coming. Oh. Um, you, all of you actually can tell, because you're all that's trained so in bad. engineering, that it looks like most of the security here, the locks and things, are brand new. Oh, interesting. Um, wow, these are well-supplied rebels. And, uh, the rebellion is just getting started, I think. So anybody who would like to attempt to sense motive, or if they're telepathic, yes, you note that the locks have minor psychic elements, which Xiphor responds to with some pain. Ooh. Some pain? Yes. It appears that accessing these locks has some detrimental effect on the creature doing so. And Julikasti oh. has no clue. <laughs> Julikasti is in enough pain of his own. He's focused on his own pain. He doesn't have time for anyone else. Kind of them. <laughs> I don't and that's one with no bonus. Julikasti just wants that medic. <laughs> Um, Where are the medic? I, I believe I should probably tell Hey, I want to ask Cypher about that. Okay. About the what? It seems that the locks are giving you pain, and it seems that they are new locks. Yes. Well, we we have installed these locks here in order to thwart the invaders because they are non-psychic beings for the most part. Yeah. But why the why the pain then? You seem to wince a bit. Oh, it it just requires it requires effort in oh how you would say some bad, bad some sacrifice some in order to make them more difficult to 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 bypass. Uh-oh. I see. Okay. Is anyone else a little suspicious of this story? Why are you going to put brand new locks in that hurt you? To keep the invaders out. Because they hurt you a little bit, but they repel the invaders. I buy it. They hurt you a lot. Maybe it's because I'm not psychic. I don't... I I don't actually care. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so I'll ask that for it. Does that mean that they... So the invaders cannot get through these locks? It it makes it more challenging. Obviously, anyone as skilled as, as yourselves could merely bypass the biometric locking mechanism. Our invaders tend to not be so bright. Um, <laughs> so they're very good at invading, less so at biometric bypassing. That is our experience. That's fair. So what would be the result of theirs then if they tried? I mean, you winced a bit and had a little bit of pain. Would they have overwhelming? Hmm. Is that why it, why it actually does that? It seems like a really, you know, couldn't you just gear it to them? 
or gear it so that I guess if they can mimic you, they would be able to get in, but still. Uh, Psychically, it would be very challenging. It's a, a very specific, uh, psychic mm, print that must be fit, um, like a key to a lock. And that requires some effort. And those not trained in the ways of, uh, of using the mind um, cannot manipulate. But those who can, it, it requires some effort. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's painful as, as, as a physical wound. Kind of points to Julakashti. Um, it is, it is more, um, a poster child for physical wounds. exerting, exerting a muscle very, very strongly. Does do you understand, understand that? So, so lots of effort. Like yeah. when I have to shout really hard at someone. Oh, oh yes. And Raising one's throat. voice very, very loudly would, would, could be, could be, yes. So, okay, I, I got it now. That's fine. You're mentally shouting at the lock to open. Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, uh, beyond... Can we go in now? Hmm? Can we go in yes. now? Yes. So, beyond the door is a large chamber, like a municipal control center filled with dozens of NSNOIs. Most of these are planning looking over holographic maps, or working at computers. Other tend wounded, Jilkosti, repair equipment or usher civilians (laughs) into adjacent chambers. Few avert their gaze from the now open door, but fewer still stop their work. At the uh, room's far end, a really... A uh, regally dressed as Anasinoi of impressive stature stands from a backed, high-backed chair and strides over. Let me see if I have a picture of this one. Uh, Jill Acosta, you want to get in line over there? No, I'm At totally heading over the aid station. Uh, yeah. Okay. I think you should remind them before they get to work that you are carbon-based, not sulfur-based. <laughs> that seems important. Yes. Yeah, that's, yes. that seems important. Not the Bernie kind of carbon base. Jula Kashti, do you want right. um, actual like hit points back kind of spell casting? He's stuff? been asking please. for like an hour. He's been, he's been begging yes. for that. Yes, please. I, know, but, uh, <laughs> okay, well, I, can, I can burn my remaining slots, uh, second level slots, to give you that if that's all right. If you really want healed. <laughs> Yes, yeah. you, you suspect that I've you'll have fifty hit points to recover. That, that, okay. Oh deal. boy. Okay. Well. Yeah. I mean, yeah you I got hammered really good. I, I, I was down thing. to like two at one point. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's I thought know. I was wounded too, but I can't find. Um, oh, oh, here we are. Yeah, I, apparently I was down um, twelve. So, anyway, this um, this one uh, Anna Sinoy comes in and greets you, and um, they're very tall, taller than the others, and they're wearing these kind of rich-looking uh, robes, uh, and they appear to have some sort of armor on as well. And they're wearing kind of a rich colored hat. And um, this one comes up and I greet you. The Anasinoi projects telepathically. The true warmth of the greeting flowing along with the words. I have the designation uh, Nyerlin protector. Once again, the sense of gender, this time female, uh, accompanies her naming. Nearby, Anasinois bow their heads at this mental announcement, a feeling of reverence in the air. Wait, is this one of the three special yes, protectors? This is one of the protectors. That's right. Oh. So, uh, Protector uh, Fatfield was true, continues Nyerlin. She sent the message in time. 
Her sleep is a high price, but protectors pay so the people do not. At the mention of uh, Fafel, the reverence in the air becomes tinged with melancholy. This sense points attention to an Anasinoi unconscious in a bed among the wounded. Again, you notice very regally dressed and bigger in stature than the rest. Uh, Nireland continues, Come, sit here with Xiphor and myself. We shall discuss. So several Anasinois set out seats in a semicircle around uh, Nireland, offering you food and drink. Um, and six of them, including Xiphor, joined the group. So it's clear that they understand you are not sulfur-based creatures because they're not giving you drinks that typically the Ifriti um, would, would, would favor. Um, these are much more palatable, though you can tell it's it's fairly obvious that they have limited supplies and they are just kind of gathering a collection of different things they think will fit your palate. And some of them uh, clearly work and some of them seem a little bit, a little bit off. Um, so in Ireland, uh, first asks uh, if you all could recount your story and how you became involved with the invaders from the plane of fire. Well, it all started with a whale. <laughs> <laughs> We've yes. got a whale of a story to tell you. Mm -hmm. Call me Ishmael. That's right. And we go through and sort of recount the highlights of hmm. uh, yeah. how we got here. So you uh, seen... Here, just listen to this podcast. Uh, <laughs> oh. um, well, I'm wondering if we should, because are the Deep Cultures Institute people still with us? Yes, maybe yes, they are. Okay, I'm wondering if we should kind of let them explain what their whole project is, you know, since that's... Well, they can explain about, you know, coming into the sun and whatnot, but um, Nireland's actually very interested in your encounter, both with the Breath of Embers and then later the Ashen Rain, because clearly those are two vessels that are in the fleet of General Kaim, not to be confused with Scott Kaim. Ash. Oh, you mean the ashy brain, not the ashen brain. Yes, the ashen rain. Um, ashy brain. Ashy brain. So. I have ashy brain. That's what I, I called them when I, when I taunted them. So General Kaim is uh, amassing forces in the, in the Afridi attack. Um, we were attempting to warn you of this, um, knowing that... Um, we are diminished ourselves, and our numbers are few. Despite this, we we remain strong and shall retake our city from the invaders. This home, this great burning home, she kind of motions outward in a big sweeping motion referring to the entire sun. You share this home with us. We shall not let them have it. We have much to do, but you are... Not so weakened by the invaders' tricks. They do not seem to affect your mind so much. And they do not know you. Please? What what tricks are you speaking of? This dampening of our telepathic ability. Uh, where they yeah. reversed our, our yeah, psychic resonator. So affected by it. Who would have thought that such a device in the wrong hands could do so much ill? Don't you have a backup psychic resonator? Oh, that was in the shop at the time, and now. Mm. <laughs> Always for the invasion. Now happen. they have taken it. But we know in the future to have a backup ready. Right. Or you could maybe try not being psychic like us. Oh. How does one survive? For yourselves. Yes. I know. It's, it's, it's such a pain. Always having to talk, talk, talk. <laughs> well, we actually we so we've we've had a little bit of conversation thus far um, with Zyphor, and we how can we help? We want to help. 
Well, Cypher told us about the spire, but I don't. Where was the DCI? That seems like, yeah. Well, I believe that you can help us by acting as a strike force, taking out occupier assets and recapturing resources. Meanwhile, our resistance fighters can keep the invaders' attention with calculated attacks. This strategy should force the invaders to spread out, eventually leaving the spire vulnerable to assault. Then, resistance soldiers can attack occupiers near the spire while you infiltrate to restore the psychic resonator. With our strength restored, we shall drive the invaders out. I am 100% behind this. That sounds great. Excellent. Overall, seems solid. I'm in. It's a reverse reverse invasion. I like it. Yes. (laughs) So, shall you join the resistance? Yes. Goodness, yes. Excellent. We shall. Psychically shake on it. Do I get a badge or something? Because I... I, I'm using badges. Oh, we have a patch. We shall sew it on okay. all your uniforms. That'd be good. Okay. And so, <laughs> Zypher hands you a data pad containing a map of the city uh, with several locations marked. And the zooming in on any of these marks reveals a mission the resistance needs to accomplish. In the kind of suggests these are the ways to. Um, help us recapture resources. You kind of see that the uh, area maps are assigned um, describing buildings and facilities that could be located in the city, places um, that um, are of both uh, historical significance, but also strategic significance here. So we... um, the resistance also uh, has a timetable um, for also liberating the uh, the prisoners, hoping to rescue uh, Protector Marin as soon as possible. But first, we must draw their forces out, and that's where the strike force mission comes in. Yes. So, or missions plural. The missions, should you decide to accept them, we <laughs> shall talk about in the next episode. Oh. All right. You've been listening to Intrepid Heroes on the No Direction Network. New episodes are published every other Friday. Please subscribe for notification of new episodes. <laughs>